The fall toy show season is a busy one in Ohio this time of year. The promoters behind many of the best shows in the region close out another year with a final show in October, before the holidays return and the winter weather settles in across the Midwest. And one of the hottest and most exciting shows in the entire country occurs in the small city of Xenia, Ohio. Xenia's name stems from the Greek word for hospitality. It was suggested by the Reverend Robert Armstrong upon its founding in 1803, for Armstrong felt so strongly about the kindness and hospitality he received from its burgeoning community. Today, Xenia is home to 25,000 residents. It is a central transportation hub to three major highways, I-70, I-71, and I-75. It also offers access to three major metropolitan areas within Ohio, as it is northeast of Cincinnati, southwest of Columbus, and 15 miles east of Dayton. And while it is at the center of this productive and busy transportation triangle, Xenia has retained its small-town charm, offering both visitors and Midwestern residents an opportunity to enjoy the beauty of Ohio, away from the bustle of city life. Twice a year, Xenia's Green County Fairgrounds and Expo Center hosts the Great Ohio Toy Show. The show features a spotlight-grabbing array of vendor tables, six or seven hundred, crammed with toys from the 1950s to the modern collectibles of today. It is simply one of the largest toy shows in the country. Xenia often features a healthy mix of established toy dealers selling rare and desirable items as well as the one-time sellers looking to clear out their attics and basements and to sell the collectibles they've owned for decades. And the Xenia Toy Show offers so much for Star Wars collectors. As the show has risen in popularity, it has attracted some of the key Star Wars toy dealers from the Ohio area. And a show with hundreds of tables and a healthy Star Wars presence will not only have the Kenner and Hasbro figures, but will also give collectors the opportunity to take home epic prototypes or those special once-in-a-lifetime pieces. This past weekend, two longtime Star Wars collectors from the Midwest met up to shop the Xenia Toy Show together. But more importantly, it afforded them the chance to spend a memorable and meaningful weekend catching up in person, brought together by a shared love for Star Wars memorabilia. This is a conversation with my dear friends Joel Slater and David Kevin White about their trip to Xenia. This is a collection of moments live from the show and a recap of their Xenia experience through their insightful and connective stories. This is the magic of the moment, and the memories that burn brightly for years to come. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Star Wars, prototypes and production. 
with your host, David Quinn. It's a trap! Yes, Have you ever taken a toy trip with a friend? In episode 141, I spoke with Kevin Mann and Alex Coulthard about a week-long 3,000-mile trek they took together that covered two toy shows and multiple regional toy shops, along with touring friends' collections along the way. I titled that episode The Toy Trip of a Lifetime, and if you haven't listened to it yet, I'd certainly recommend it because it is truly an incredible collector's tale of friendship and finds. Kevin and Alex certainly experienced a week they'll never forget. And sometimes we equate the vastness of places explored or miles traveled as to what makes the trip momentous. But really, when you boil it down, it's less about what you see during your excursion, and as Kevin and Alex showed us, it's more about the people who join you for your adventure. And two of my friends proved that this past weekend, as they headed to Xenia, Ohio, for the fall edition of the Great Ohio Toy Show. David Kevin White, known to many of us in the collecting community as Jimmy Tupac, and Ohio's Joel Slater, are two passionate Star Wars collectors. They met through the hobby, and their friendship really developed during the late-night Zoom chats we held during the pandemic. As they'll mention in a bit, They had planned to meet up with a number of collectors for the Xenia weekend. But due to a number of circumstances, David and Joel were the only two able to attend the show. And in this weekend, they both saw an opportunity to get to know one another better and to further their friendship through pizza comparisons, some local beverages, and two consecutive days hunting for toys together at Xenia. Ahead of the trip, I reached out to them and asked them to give us some quick updates live from the Xenia Toy Show. So let's check in with Joel and David now. And after that, join me for a conversation with them as they go more in depth about the Xenia experience and what the entirety of the weekend was like for them. Hey, David, it's Joel Slater uh, reporting from Xenia Toy Show. It's Saturday morning, just getting here. Tried to do a couple messages yesterday. They just didn't turn out so well. And we kind of had a whirlwind day yesterday. We were lucky enough to snag some vendor badges. So me and David just, David Kevin White just met up at the Toy show during vendor setup and looked around. Didn't buy much. Bought the Droid World record book. That was it. But there's a few things I have my eye on today. Um, so we looked around for a while, and it's about eight o'clock. And then David and his wife Heather wanted to try some different Dayton pizzas. So we, she called and ordered from a few different places. I picked up one. She picked up one. We went back to our Airbnb and just had pizza and hung out, 
had a few beers. We ended up getting on a about an hour and a half phone call with Robert Ortiz last night and just just shot the breeze for a while. And then David woke up and got here about 6 a.m., I believe, or left, left at 6 a.m. I didn't leave quite so early. I slept till 7 and just now getting here about 8.45. So, so I will get back with you after I get in the toy show here and uh, see what they have. David White here at the Xenia Toy Show. I'm here with Clifton Boggs. Happy Pappy, is that right? Yeah. I see you've got some uh, pre-production Black Series Star Wars Hasbro. What am I looking at here? Well, David, what we got here, we got a of, uh, some plenty of uh, either first shots or test shots. It just depends on which ones we're uh, talking about here. But we have a, a nice Phasma here, and we have a few different rays. Um, we have um, Woody Harrelson here from the Solo. I got a few of them in here. And then uh, I got uh, Rio. And then we jump to a bunch of other things here. I have uh, some roadblocks. Uh, I have some Grogu and, and a bunch more. Yeah, everybody's favorite Grogu, Baby Yoda, and the little satchel. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks for explaining that, and I hope you have a great show. Hey, thank you, David. Hey, David, it's Joel again. Uh, just went through the first building, and as usual, a lot of Star Wars. Um, a lot of a lot of carded this time. Um, I don't think there was as much last time, but a lot, a lot of carded. Um, no real gems, you know, just your average Empire Strikes Back stuff, Return of the Jedi stuff. Um, one booth had a really nice Vader Tri logo I was interested in, but just maybe a little out of my price range at the moment. Um, but overall, the first building is always, I think, the best building. Uh, it's probably the biggest building. Um, just have a lot of, a lot of good stuff, a lot of vintage, and that's probably what you expect when you come here. Is just you're going to see a lot of vintage. So let me go through a couple more buildings here, and then I will be back with you. Hey, David, Joel again. Um, I think I lied last time. I think the first building is not the biggest building. I think the second building is the bigger building. Just went through it. Took about half hour or so just to go through that. And at this show, I move pretty briskly. Um, if there's a table and it's like pops or, or a lot of newer modern stuff, I usually just pass it by. And I'll stop at the vin mostly vintage tables. Um, and still, I just look for a second and move on, unless there's something I'm really interested in. So, so even just moving briskly through the show still takes you about four hours to see it all. So, but the second building had a lot, uh, a lot of Star Wars, of course. Um, there were some, some actually some nicer higher end figures, cart, a couple carded Boba Fetts, and just some general um, nicer things in the first building, I think. Hey, David. Joel again. Finished going through the show. Um, actually, at 10.30, met up with uh, the Ohio Star Wars Collectors Club. Had a little mini meetup uh, right in the middle of the fairgrounds. We just got together. Uh, some people had some things to give other people. Got, we got a picture and hung out for a little bit, talked, caught up with a few people. And so that was nice. Uh, had lunch. They actually have some uh, good food trucks there. And like some, you know, some carnival fair type food as well. 
Um, so finished going to the show. Had a few items I was interested in through the show. I didn't buy them right away. There was a very nice 12-inch loose Obi-Wan I was interested in. Um, 1978 Kenner Toy Fair catalog toy department had. I was interested in that. Uh, Lemkul's had a plush wicket um, with the box. It, it wasn't tied down, but it had the box with it. Very nice condition. So I was just kind of make, just going through the show, making mental notes of things I was interested in. And then after I saw, saw everything, I kind of went back to the guy who had the Obi-Wan, and uh, he had sold it, unfortunately. I looked at it twice. I should have just bought it, but he had sold it. Um, the uh, Kenner uh, 78 Kenner Toy Fair catalog, I, I decided just to wait on. I may, if they have that in Cincy in a couple weeks, I may pick that up. Um, and so I went with Ewok, the Wicked plush. Um, Sean gave me a pretty good deal on it. Um, so I always like getting there. I, I always know their stuff is, they always have great quality items and good stuff. So I always like supporting them. So it was a good show overall. The uh, one thing I was uh, thinking about through this show was, well, we know we've always, a lot of people compare it to Chicago, and it is very comparable to Chicago, but it's just a great show for anyone who maybe Chicago's a little too far for you, like people on the East Coast. Chicago's a little too far. Seeing is a good uh, option. Um, and they just have... Anything you're looking for. If you're a vintage collector, modern collector, if you're in a really old, old vintage to type toys, um, even some of that. Not too many dealers, but I did see a little bit. And then, you know, all the way up to the uh, the most modern stuff. So we were, we were kind of joking about how many uh, Trapper Wolf helmets we would see there after the big Ollie's. Uh, splurge of helmets, but I didn't see one, so I was kind of surprised. We were laughing about that. So no Trapper Wolf helmets for sale. So now I'm on, on my way home. I um, stopped and got gas and got a gas station hot dog and I'm on the road home. Um, so overall, good show. It was good hanging out with David. Uh, he's always fun to hang out with and um, to spend some time with. So planning on Cincy in a few weeks. Um, another trip down here. So that's a good thing. I'm only three hours uh, away from this area. So it's easy to get down here. I like I like coming down here. Kenner country, as I like to call it. Um, so, hopefully, I don't know if you're going to be in Cincinnati, but uh, I hope to see you there.
David and Joel, it is so good to be talking to both of you. I know you're just coming off of this incredible weekend that you got to experience together. Um, I'm so excited to hear about it. But before we dive into Xenia, um, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about if you could introduce yourselves and uh, and tell us a little bit about what you collect. Uh, so David, I'll start with you. Yeah, my name's David Kevin White, and I collect vintage Star Wars and modern Star Wars. And I dabble a little bit in vintage G.I. Joe and Micronauts. I'm Joel Slater, um, mostly vintage Star Wars, um, still working on a carded run of 12 backs and uh, first 12 figures on all um, card fronts. And then just collect a general hodgepodge of different stuff, some oddball stuff. Um, I don't really collect much else. Um, but I do, but I do have like a general toy line, or, or a general collection of toys. Like you know, I have like one GI Joe, one He Man, just to have like a general collection of a lot of different things. Joel, is there a piece that you'd like to get before the end of the year? A piece, um, yeah, uh, still kind of working on a twelve back Luke. Um, I've, I know they're they're not hard to find, but you know, just um, finding the one that that I'm looking for in my price range. I've had a few pop up um, that I missed out on, but still uh, just working on that. It's a great figure. I think that's probably one of my favorite figures in all of toys, you know, not even just star Wars. Um, David, how about you? Is there a, a certain figure or item or, or something that you'd like to get to finish off 2023? Yes. Um, uh, Many people know me by my handle from Rebel Scum as Jimmy Two-Pack, and I have a pretty extensive run of Return of the Jedi two-packs, and I'll pick up those occasionally still, but I also have a full run of Kenner carded figures, and I'm working on a Tri-Logo run, recently picked up in Amanda Man, so if I find something that's a good value and something that I don't have, I'm definitely looking for Tri-Logos, but I also happen to have a near complete run of Yoda carded and I'm just missing two uh, 79 back Anakin offer and a 65 back uh, empire with the uh, original Yoda picture on the front. And in fact, a buddy of mine has a lead on one and hopefully he'll be able to secure it. And in the, by the time King County comes around in two weeks, I'll be able to pick that up. So that's hopefully I, I think will be the last thing I'll pick up in 2023. Okay, you said 65 back Empire, is that correct? I'm sorry, I misspoke. Uh, 65 back Return of the Jedi, but it has the same picture that was on Empire. That's where my mind was with that one. Oh, okay, perfect. Absolutely. And that, that's a tough one to get? Well, it was tough for me. I don't have it. <laughs> so okay. I have all of them except for those two, so it's a tough one for me. Oh, great. All right. Well, I mean, you guys sound like you have some pretty good ones, uh, at least on target. And now, uh, now you just have to find the right ones. But I'm glad you have a lead on that one, David. Too. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so I know you guys attended this toy show together, and uh, you both of you have attended toy shows over the years. Um, is there a specific toy trip that's been your favorite so far? Well, this weekend was was great. Um, just me and David, uh, but probably Chicago. In, this, in the spring was a lot of fun um, when we had about seven of us in a Airbnb and we were there for three days and we, David didn't stay with us because since he lives so close, but um, we went up to his house, saw his collection. 
um, and they just hung out and um, at the house and and went to the show and had people back to the house. That was just a that was a fun weekend. As far as a pure toy show, I'm a bit biased. My my favorite toy show was the King County Toy Show, also known recently as the Chicago Toy Show, but. I really also enjoyed attending most of the celebrations and of course those have the vendor floor and room sales. So it's sort of a, uh, everything in one, uh, but I also enjoy the, the social gatherings, which have room sales. For example, the Empire State Club's annual, uh, that was a, definitely a highlight for me. I love that. That was a really special one. And uh, Joel, we're going to have to get you to, uh, to come up to one of those at some point, because uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. Yeah, I definitely want to. David, what made you want to attend Xenia this fall? Uh, great question. That's a great segue into your, your previous question. So I've been going to toy shows and collecting as an adult since 1999, starting with the King County Toy Show, uh, but also celebrations. And more recently... I've been interested in some of these social gatherings of vintage Star Wars collectors, such as the Georgia Club's Winter Social and Summer Social. This May, they're going to be having Rogue Fun, which I think is a, a branch in a, in a new and wonderful direction. But I mentioned the, the New York, the Empire State Club's annual. And Cincinnati, I've been to five Cincinnati toy shows, also seems to have a real social element of people gathering together, talking vintage Star Wars, and just having a great time in, in addition to the show. So much that for me, the social aspect of Cincinnati is more important than actually finding anything at the toy show. That was just an extra bonus. And I'm interested in some of these other toy shows. It's just so happened that last year, Cincinnati and Xenia were on the same weekend, Saturday in Xenia, Sunday in Cincinnati. So that was my first time going to the Xenia Toy Show. I was very impressed because I collect both vintage Star Wars, which Cincinnati is known for, and modern Hasbro Star Wars with my son. Uh, Xenia had a reputation of having a lot more modern Hasbro, and they did, and I had a great time there. And so I thought I'd like to go again one year later, but the, the real reason and the, the one gathering and toy show that I hadn't mentioned is in our friends in the Ontario Collectors Club up in Toronto had an event called May the North Be With You. In fact, this was the second one. So my wife and my son and I went out there. We met a whole bunch of friends. And one of my good buddies on this podcast here, Joel Slater, was not able to attend. And so it was very important for me to, to get together with Joel. And we were hoping some of our friends could meet us out in Xenia, but it turned out it was just Joel and I. And uh, I wanted to get together and hang out with Joel. That was my primary reason. And I also wanted to give Xenia a second try. And I did not expect to find a lot of vintage Star Wars, and, and I didn't. Uh, but I figured I would find some really good deals on modern Hasbro Star Wars, and that's I was exactly right. Okay, well, I think you picked a really good show, um, especially for the two of you to meet up. Joel, I know that this is a a show that you've attended a new um, many times so far. Um, what made you want to do this one during the fall? 
Well, it's just a great show, and I definitely want to do this show at least once a year. And I know some of us on the Zoom chat, had some other guys had talked about wanting to come down for it. So I definitely said, yeah, if you guys come, I will come. <laughs> I will be there. It's only three hours for me. It's not too hard to do. Um, so some of the other guys were supposed to come, um, and then um, – they end up having to drop out. I know some of the, a couple of the Canadian guys that ended up being Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so they were like, we're out. We can't, we have to be home for this. Um, so yeah, it was just David. And I told David, I was like, if, if you come, I will definitely be there. So, so he booked the Airbnb or uh, his wife booked it. And, uh, and yeah, just, Made it a great weekend with just the two or three of us. Yeah, we had we talked about it on the our our Saturday night Star Wars Collectors Zoom chat, which is open to anyone listening to this podcast. If you go to any of the Facebook regional or state groups, we usually advertise it uh, Sunday or Saturday afternoon, right before the the Saturday evening. Uh, so many of us on that chat, people sometimes come, sometimes they don't. It's a different group every Saturday. Had t- we were talking about Xenia, King County, and Cincinnati all coming forward in October, and many of us were talking about which of those shows we go to. Those who were interested, we created a, a Facebook uh, Messenger chat group, and at one point, it looked like we were going to be booking an Airbnb for eight or nine people, uh, and then in the end, you know, we, we settled just for one that could accommodate four, and it ended up being my wife and I and, and Joel. Um, but, it, you know, you never know with these things. People could show up at the last minute. And that's true. It's, um, you know, a lot of times in the planning, it, it sort of comes together organically and very quickly at times, too. So you're right. You could have had just the three of you and you could have had 20 of you. So um, well, I'm glad to see, though, that you were able to do that. I, I'm part of uh, the uh, the chat and, and uh, a number of the Zoom meetups as well, too. And I really enjoy them. I like the um, the group that meets up as well, too. And it's all, uh, I know our chat is just a, a continual conversation that goes on through the day. And, um, and different people will chime in and, and we discuss everything from, you know, life and Right now, with Aaron Lonebine, Taylor Swift, all the way over to uh, <laughs> to to prototypes and toys and collectibles and and everything you can Disney imagine. Plus series like Ahsoka, like Ahsoka, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. You, you never know where uh, the chat's going to go uh, during the day, and you know sometimes breaks up the monotony at work. Spend a few minutes on there and see what's new. Oh, it, it's taken some wild turns where I've been at church and I'm like, oh, I, I got to just turn my phone completely <laughs> off. <laughs> um, but uh, OK, so so the three of you decided to get an Airbnb and, and to hang out uh, for the weekend. So once you decided to do that, what was the outlined plan for the weekend for you? Oh, uh, well, on the way down, uh, David calls me and um, says, hey, uh I scored us some um, vendor badges, so instead of going right to the Airbnb, just Airbnb, just come to the uh, to the fairgrounds. So That's thanks right. to thanks to uh, Sean Lemcool, he had a couple extra uh, vendor badges and offered those up to us. Just um, he he just asked that uh, we stop by his booth every once in a while, see if they need anything, um, need to leave them for the bathroom or or anything. So so that's all that he asked and. Um, so we did that. We we got there on Friday night and uh, kind of 
shop the show Friday. Um, and uh, David, do you want to tell the next part about? Uh, yes, we have a, a tradition with some of these gatherings. I know at the Cincinnati Toy Show, Skyline Chili is always part of the uh, the the day, uh, and also Waffle House seems to always make an appearance. But lately, <laughs> whether it's May the North be with you in Toronto, or we had a gathering called Detroit Cedar Fest, and uh, others, we, we always like to try the local pizza. Because many of us have a favorite, uh, especially if it's a city we're from, Chicago, definitely. And uh, Cleveland, in in the case of Joel, which, by the way, has a surprisingly good pizza. And so Joel and I, our our agenda was to uh, get some uh, Dayton and Orzania pizza. It ended up being Dayton. That's where we had the Airbnb house. And we were told that the city is divided between two particular pizzerias as the favorite. So we got both as sort of a sort of Coke Pepsi challenge. And we liked them both. And we, we had some beers and had some great conversation. And we even uh, called up a friend of ours, Robert Ortiz, and put him on speakerphone. So he it was as, as if he was there with us. And it was just great to spend some time together after having perused the show for an hour and a half, you know, that, that late afternoon. And, of course, we didn't want to stay up too long after midnight because my goal was to get up early to get there at 6 o'clock and find some great deals. The early bird catches the worm. <laughs> yeah, my goal was not to get up at 6 o'clock. I got <laughs> Okay, understandable. And got there about 8.15. So. so the original plan, though, for Friday, because you didn't have these vendor badges, was just to get together at the Airbnb, have some pizza, hang out. And so this was sort of a surprise, but a welcome surprise. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, at the show uh, on, on Friday when the, during vendor setup, um, a lot of vendors were already set up. You know, had their booths covered with, with, with blankets and stuff. So um, there wasn't a whole lot to see. I don't know. We were there maybe a couple hours and saw a bunch of people that, you know, um, talked with them. So it was, almost, it was almost more a social thing than it was uh, actually looking and buying the only thing I picked up on Friday night was a $10 Droid World record book. So Very nice. But still yeah, it was fun some, to do. We had some great conversations with James Simpkins and ran into Tracy Hamilton and Bill Wills. And I made sure, even if some of the booths were not occupied, to make a mental note that, aha, this one has some Star Wars. These things look promising. I can't wait to come back in the morning and ask about some of these items. And that really puts you both at, a, at an advantage because when you're going to a show like Xenia, Xenia has over 700 tables. So um, it's it's very hard to to go and to scope out all of them, especially in the morning once the, the major crowd comes in on Saturday. So by you having this opportunity, uh, as you said, you, you're able to check off the ones that look promising and that you'll visit and probably visit first, right? That's right. And we also offered to help Sean Lemkul set up, but he's got his own system. So he, he thanked us for that. He said, you know, that, that's great. You guys, you boys go around and have fun and look at stuff. So again, that was that was really great. I want to publicly thank Sean Lemkul for getting us those vendor badges. Yeah, it was very nice of him. Um, and I, I've noticed with my vendor friends as well, too, and I've likened it to jazz music before where they have a basic structure and then they just want to take that structure and improv within it. And um, it's really 
I think it's easier to step out and let them do it rather than get in the way because they they have they know the direction of where they want it to go and then they have to just sort of fill in the gaps as they go along. Yeah, kind of like how I tell my kids is like, if you really want to help me, just like go do something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so um, when you guys were going into the Xenia Toy Show weekend, was there anything that you were hunting for? Uh, not particularly. Um, and I even said to myself, this is just going to be more of a fun trip to hang out. I wasn't really looking to buy much. Um, so I didn't really have anything pre-planned. Um, but, um, um, I know every time when I go to a show, I always start making mental notes of things I see that I like or something like that. So that happened. There was quite a few things that I saw that was like, I'll come back around or when, after I see everything, come back around, see if he still has that item. So, so there was that, but yeah, going down, I didn't really have any, any plans for, to find anything other than the Luke maybe. Well, probably didn't have the money for that right now. So sure. So that makes sense. Yeah. That's a pretty pricey purchase. If I was smart, what I would have done is like not gone the show and, uh, save the money, but you know, the social aspect is, it was, was just as important. The experience is always better than the item. Yes. <laughs> All right, David. Yeah. Just so, so for me, I've got two hats that I'm wearing as, as a buyer. Uh, one is uh, Kenner vintage star Wars and the other is Hasbro modern star Wars. And I was going there with uh, no expectations. If I would just had a great evening of beer and pizza with my friend, Joel Slater, it would have been worth the six hour drive. And it was, but as far as the show, uh, if I was able to find a Anakin offer 79 back Yoda carded, that'd be great. Or a Trilogo Lukoth to add another to my run, that would be wonderful. Or or maybe even a shipping case of carded figures from Toys R Us or Dispensa's Toy Castle, like Mr. Morphe found. Uh, that would be pretty cool. But I did not expect anything like that, and, and I did not. There certainly was vintage Star Wars for sale, but... It was all at market price and items that I had already have in my collection. Uh, nothing other than uh, two loose Vlixens or, or two, <laughs> uh, uh, Vlix times two. I was able to hold those and see those. Uh, the price at 15000 was a little bit high for me. So very kindly thanked the, the vendor for letting me get a photo holding this and passed it back. Uh, but I, I did not really expect to find anything, but you never know. What I did expect was hat number two, modern Hasbro collecting. I, I have a sense over the last six months that the market is softening and uh, vendors, especially those that own toy stores, are looking to clear out their slow selling black series and TVC figures. So my son and I collect both scales, six inch and three and three quarter inch. We are openers. We have a lot of shelves in the basement where we build some pretty cool dioramas, and we even do customization of figures that Hasbro does not produce. So what I was looking for was low price, cool six inch and three and three quarter inch modern Hasbro figures, and I definitely hit the jackpot. I, I found a lot, and at prices I thought were very reasonable. Okay, so the Kenner stuff, the the vintage items from the 1970s and 1980s were at market value um, and, and were, were priced as such. And then the 
the modern Hasbro items, especially the, the very recent modern Hasbro ones, were more at a discount. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. And then, um, Joel, in addition to this, the Star Wars items, were there any other lines that you noticed um, that were more prominent at Xenia this year? Um, nothing I can really think of. Um, I, you know, you know, any, pretty much any toy show like this, Star Wars kind of, kind of rules the day usually. Um, actually what I did notice a lot of, not really a toy line, but a lot of, I mean, being the time of year, a lot of horror stuff and a lot of old vintage Halloween stuff, which I thought was kind of cool. So a lot of old vintage masks, um, costumes, decorations, things like that. That was really cool to, to see. And wrestlers. Wrestlers seem really hot. Yeah, wrestling's huge. Wrestling figures are huge. So um, superheroes, Batman, yep. Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Marvel, uh, but also wrestlers. And uh, I saw some G.I. Joe, uh, some robots and, and micronauts, mostly Star Wars. It's very a strong Star Wars show. But if you were to say Star Wars and all others, I would say Star Wars is probably between 30 to 40 percent. So less than half of everything there. But it definitely is like the, the top dog. Yeah, I think well, David said he didn't didn't really see a lot of Star Wars, or at least not things he may have been interested in. But there was a lot of Star Wars uh, vintage at this show, and definitely what I noticed too. I think I think there was a lot more high end stuff um, that I, that I've seen before, like not a ton, but enough to make it noticeable. Um, and as David mentioned earlier, uh, one guy had two Vlixes. Um, and then, I mean, there's a guy, I, th- I think it was Route 68 Toys, who actually I think puts on the show. Um, they had a Droids Boba Fett on card. Um, I think they had a, a, a Boba Fett on Star Wars card. I never did look what back it was, but, um, and saw a few others I can't think of at the moment, but there was some some bigger items. A lot of Power of the Force, too. A lot of loose Power of the Force, um, carded Power of the Force. Vintage Power of the Force, not modern. Um, so, so yeah, I think as far as Star Wars inventory, they it was um, quite a bit. There was more modern Hasbro Star Wars than vintage Kenner Star Wars because I had my eyes on both. And like I said, there were other toy lines, Godzilla, Shogun Warriors, uh, Plush, Funko Pops, of course. So... It seemed like as far as for any kind of toy buyer, young or old, male or female, um, whatever genre, it seemed like there was something for everyone. And later on, when you get into talking about the the audience or the the folks who showed up, I would say it was a really mixed group. And so the toys that were for sale, I think, really appealed to this mixed group of buyers who were there. I haven't been to Xenia yet. And um, I know that there have been comparisons to King County. And when I've spoken to people as a Star Wars collector about King County, um, it, you know, it seems like that show is more for people who have interest in various toy lines or, or various, you know, decades of toys um, where there is a Star Wars presence, but it's not as, say, as hefty as, you know, a, a standard toy show like a Columbus show. Um, I'm surprised to hear that there is a, uh, 
you know, a heavy percentage of what's available is is Star Wars at Xenia. And I think that's really great for anyone who is curious about attending a show like this. It's nice to know that there's a heavy Star Wars presence there. Um, so I found that really interesting. And um, the second trend that I found interesting as well is that, you know, Joel, I think you had mentioned that there were higher end items. And I know for a while we weren't seeing that. Um, I had spoken to people about the Cincinnati Toy Show, the Xenia Show, the Cincinnati Show, you know, and others um, over the past year. And it sounded like a lot of vendors had stopped bringing a lot of the higher-end items because it's not even that they weren't selling, it's that um, uh, shoppers and attendees weren't even looking at them um, because they weren't spending at the time. And people were spending $100 or less and really in a lot of ways 50 or $25 or less uh, this year on items. So... Um, so that's nice to see, you know, and it's always good to see some of these bigger, higher-end items. Um, did you see people buying those types of pieces? No, I, um, I don't think I saw anybody buy any of the higher-end items. But I think it's good just for vendors to bring them, just to show them. I mean, just get them out there, get people's eyes on them so they know they have them. If someday you ever do wind up with 15000 bucks and you want to licks, <laughs> you know where to go. Yeah, one of our mutual friends, Jerry James Gallo, had set up his own booth with some really nice high-end items. One example being a first-shot uh, Greedo. And so a lot of people were looking at that. But he, he had other really good items, uh, Power of the Force figures graded. I, I can't remember uh, too many others. But he had a really his, – his booth was high quality. And I also would say that uh, his friends – uh, Tracy Hamilton and Bill Wills had their own separate booth. They also had some really high quality items as well. Uh, the Lem Sean Lemko also the Lemkos always have a good booth with a mix of everything from entry level, you know, to high end stuff. So so they had the gamut. So I would say they also brought some really good stuff as well. So it was there. I don't want to coast over this point that you made. So you had said that Jerry, our friend Jerry, brought a Greedo first shot. This was an original Kenner first shot of Greedo. That's correct. Okay, so that's a prototype. An, yeah, an alternate uh, paint scheme on the boots. I believe he was uh, he was telling us about, and you can actually see the brush strokes. It was, it was pretty cool. Oh, fascinating! It, it's always it's always nice to see those early pieces like that, and something that is of a substantial character, especially you know for the first film and uh, and one that people love. So that's not something that you'd normally see really anywhere else than a place like a convention or a toy show or, or you know, going to someone's house and seeing, you know, their collection. So um, that, that's a nice aspect of Xenia that I didn't even think about that you get to see things like of licks, like a Greedo first shot and some of these other bigger pieces. And I think that, you know, when you're competing in a sea of 700 tables, 750 tables, maybe, um, having something like that is certainly going to draw a crowd of Star Wars fans to your table, whether they buy or not. Yeah, I stopped at Bill and Tracy's table twice and Jerry's table twice. And both times I was there, they were busy. They had four to six people around the booth uh, asking questions. I didn't see anyone buy anything for the, you know, the 10 minutes I was there, but they asked a lot of questions. There was a lot of interest even if it was just to like check out this cool item, kind of like I did with the Blix. I, I was not in the market to buy it, but I sure enjoyed looking at it, uh, getting a photo with it, and then talking to the vendor about the backstory. And that's one of the greatest ways that we can learn about 
the hobby as well, you know, and, um, especially going offline and in person. Um, and then being able to hold an item in your hand, you know, or to examine it is just is, is something that a toy show offers and affords us. Um, so, so you guys had mentioned a few of the trends that you saw. Um, were there any others that stood out to you? Some of the larger trends overall. Yeah, I want. I, I had neglected to mention because, of course, as I, I had said, I'm looking for Star Wars, modern and vintage. But I neglected to mention that actually, Masters of the Universe was really in good supply, and I don't normally shop for that. Uh, Power Rangers. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, some of these toy lines uh, for folks that are a little bit younger than I am, I'm, I'm 51, uh, I noticed that those have been increasing. So uh, there are some collectors who are 10 years or 20 years or even 30 years younger than me. And I've noticed that, especially at Xenia, that those toy lines were, were definitely uh, on display. Even though I'm not specifically looking for them, I couldn't help but notice that. That's a really interesting point because I think we've seen certain lines dip for a while or certain lines not reach the peak that maybe we had expected. Um, And now that you have stuff like Masters of the Universe and Power Rangers coming more into play, especially after the hype of the pandemic, um, either they're making a comeback or they're really kind of stepping up into their own for the first time. So this is this is a it's a good trend, especially going into 2024. Um, Joel, did you notice anything? Um, I'd agree with David on the on the uh, on He-Man. There was a lot of He-Man. Even saw a couple of those, uh, you know, the Wonder Bread He-Man um, that they talk about. That's was the mail away that's goes for quite a bit. Um, I think I saw a few of those. Um, but um, any other toy lines? Um, nothing really stood out to me. Um, probably like one of the weirder things though was Hot Wheels. I, um, I saw a lot of really nice vintage Hot Wheels too, <laughs> um, but as far as like action figure lines, um, it seems just besides the He Man, it just seemed to be just you know how it usually goes at a toy show, just a little bit of everything, but nothing really stood out. What's also interesting is what you don't see at the shows going forward recently. At this particular show, if my memory serves me right, I wasn't particularly looking, but I, I only noticed one vendor selling uh, tin toys, you know, old time, and also only one vendor selling the 1960s 12-inch G.I. Joe. And no model trains. I saw no, no model trains that my father <laughs> used to collect. I would parallel this show to something like Kane County, um, where you're going to have um, a a wider age range of, of shoppers and toy enthusiasts. And, and I think we're starting to see the collectibles of the fifties and sixties, maybe start to really trail off, Um, you know, and, and the focus for a while has been the toys of the very late seventies and really eighties and nineties. And by the way, I saw a lot of Pokemon cards, not just one table, but like eight. Yeah, there, there's still a few of those uh, dealers that are selling a lot of the 50s and 60s stuff there. Not a, not too many, but I saw a few. Um, but yeah, I was kind of thinking about that same thing walking by. It's like, I wonder when these people, like, I mean, they're very. it's a very welcome um, thing they're selling, and I don't mind it, but I just always wonder myself, like, wonder how much longer these people will stay doing this and just finally, like, 
stop because like they're not getting much sales. Um, but I don't know if that's so. I don't know anything about them, but that's just like a thought that I had. I agree with you, Joel. And I would say to our listeners that you never know. It's it's great to talk to these vendors. Uh, so um, even if you're not interested in tin toys from the 30s and 40s or 50s, uh, go talk to the vendor uh, because you might have you might have something to learn, and you never know. Uh, as with Morphe's auctions, uh, that fine uh, came from Mr. Morphe talking to a vendor at the King County Toy Show who was selling tin toys and happened to say in the conversation about tin toys, hey, by the way, I've got these vintage Star Wars figures from the 80s. Uh, do you know uh, what I, how I might be able to sell these? And, of course, Mr. Murphy has an auction. So you never know. if you. That's the one tip I would give your listeners is whatever you're interested in, let's say it's vintage Kenner Star Wars, even if you're at a tin toy table or a 1960s G.I. Joe 12-inch dolls, uh, make sure to ask, say, hey, do you have any uh, vintage Star Wars from Kenner? And they might say, you know what? Actually, I do. I, I, I have it at home. I'll bring it tomorrow to the show. Or here it is in this tub that wasn't open. We've seen that so many times. It's happened. I, it's happened to me personally. I know it's happened to you know a number of our friends as well too. Okay, so we had a number of, of the trends that you guys discussed. Um, I'm curious to hear a, a little bit about what the audience was like. So over the last year, um, it seems like it's shifted more. It shifted away from the the people that were buying stuff maybe to resell and and to that got caught up in the hype of the pandemic market at the time, you know, where all collectibles became white hot and it, it kind of edged more toward, you know, families and people that were just looking for a day out and maybe weren't looking to spend, but just wanted the experience. Um, was this show any different from what we've seen over the course of the year? Well, I would say it was packed. That's the first observation. So I can't necessarily tell you, the motives of the, the buyers who were there and, and what they bought it and see all of that or, nor ask them. But I can tell you compared to the Zini show one year ago, it was as packed or probably a little bit more if memory serves right. It was, it was crowded. It was difficult to move around. It was shoulder to shoulder, especially in the, the morning part before noon. So that was, that was really surprising and, and welcome. And compared to some of the other toy shows, like the Kane County Toy Show, I would say Xenia had the crowds, just like Kane County does. I saw uh, parents with children. So I can definitely tell you, you know, seeing children with their parents there. Uh, so they came to, you know, find some things. So those are the two observations. It was crowded, but there were also families there. Yeah, when I got there about 815, it, it wasn't too crowded yet. Um, and it, um, I forget which dealer I talked to, but somebody I know, and I asked them how the how the show is going for them, and they said, "Well, I've had a lot of people buy, but no one's buying yet." Um, so that was eight, eight o'clock, eight ish. Um, I think it opens to the public at nine. Yeah, early buyer is eight, and of course, with the vendor badges, I was in there at like six fifteen, and Joel was in there about like seven or seven thirty. Yeah, but I'd agree with David, though. Uh, the longer we were there, the more busy it got. And you know, it gets to a point where um, you're kind of waiting around to get up to a table because there's just quite a few people around a lot of the tables. Um, so being tall, I try to, like, look <laughs> over their shoulder a little bit to see if it's anything I'm interested in. Sure. 
If it's not, I just keep on moving. If it is, I'll I'll sit and wait my turn. As a shorter person, I look for the tallest person and I <laughs> climb them like a, like a playground equipment, and uh, and I'm able to then look over that way. So I find that helps. But uh, or, or, yeah, or or if you just see a table, where there's a lot of people. You you kind of think to yourself, "Well, there's got to be something good over there." Absolutely right. Yeah, some, a crowd draws really a crowd. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, so it's at some points it was kind of like that. Just a lot of people around, and um, you just kind of had to had to wait, sit there, and wait your turn. In preparation for this conversation, I went back and I listened to an episode uh, from the Spring Xenia show uh, that I did, and um, Zach Curtis was on it, and it, he was the reason why I actually did the episode uh, because he sent me a text message from it in the spring, and he said, "This is it's the most insane show I've ever." attended and i think there were there was a number out there of like 10,000 attendees like you know which is just you know shocking for for a show like that um is it safe to say that they had a similar crowd for this one or would you say um, the, the number was a little lower i think it's hard to tell because it's so spread out first of all um i mean you got seven buildings and i think it's as far as like Land-wise, I think it's actually bigger than Kane. It's just more space. Uh, but I think Kane's still a bigger show because they pack stuff in more, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, there were a lot of people. Um, I parked over, like, I guess where the vendors could get in, and so there wasn't as many cars as, like, the general parking. So I mean, that's usually a good sign to tell is how many cars there are. Um, but since it's a seven-building show, yeah, it's kind of – kind of hard to tell but i yeah i think there if, if there was ten thousand people there in the spring probably there was ten thousand people there again because it was about the same type of crowd or more and i would say fall 2022 to fall 2023 uh, was at least the same if not i'm, I'm gonna go with more in fall 2023 uh, it was crowded it was tough to move around there were times when you're you were moving like one mile an hour like you couldn't get to where you needed to go. So, so probably, probably the best metric to uh, see how crowded it is, is go out to the food trucks at about noon and see how long the lines are. Oh, I could imagine they had to be impossible. So, so, so they do a good number of food trucks. Um, I must've had about maybe close to 10 um, total. So, so yeah, you, you could stay at that show all day. You could, Get there they have early. a live DJ out there playing music on a stage. They yeah. have picnic tables. They make that central space great for gathering, eating. It, yeah, so you could stop, get something to eat for lunch, and uh, and then keep going after lunch. And when you have something like seven hundred tables, you're really made to be there for an entire day if you want to, you know, check out every table and really explore the fullness of the show. So um, I'm sure it doesn't hurt to uh, <laughs> to be there for that long. Um, so I have to know because I didn't talk to you guys about this in advance. What did you pick up from the show? I didn't buy much. Like I said, it, I knew it wasn't going to be a big buying trip. So, as I said earlier, the Droid World record book—nothing no, earth-shattering there. Um, my bigger purchase was off off Sean Lemcool. I got um, the plush Wicket um, in the box. Um, I'd been eyeing one of those for a while. Um, and then after the show, um, in Xenia, they have uh, 
the Route 68 Toy Mall, which I think the people who run that put the show on. Um, and it's basically about the size of your average uh, toy store or, or toy shop, but it's it's like an antique mall. They have It's just nothing but cases, and then they have different vendors who have cases, and they just fill them, and so there's a little bit of stuff everywhere. Um, but I just I picked up a uh, one of the Star Wars um, Deca cups that after I got home I realized that I had. <laughs> <laughs> what is a Deca cup? So Deca is the brand, like like the like the old um, you know like the cups and the cereal bowls and the plates. They had this. They had Star Wars. They had Empire Strikes Back. I don't know if they did Return of the Jedi for those though. Um, but it's like the plastic stuff with the with the, the printing on them. And um, they look almost like plastic ivory basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're kind of cool. They're colorful. Um, just kind of cool pieces to have. I mean, they're pretty common. They're easy to find. Um, sometimes they're hard to find white. Now, most of them have at least turned a little bit of shade of tan or Brown. Um, but usually, usually just the inside of the cups kind of fade the outside with the printing. Still, if you have, as long as it was a good, good condition usually stays pretty decent but i've been putting those sets together as well and david what did you pick up yeah i picked up approximately 20 hasbro black series six inch figures for about ten dollars that was my buy price i was looking for half price and i was surprised i was able to get a lot of uh stormtroopers so like I said, we any of the troops, we kind of army build those for our diorama shelf displays. And that was a real win. You know, $10 for a stormtrooper, it's a great deal. I bought about 40 three and three quarter inch Hasbro figures, you know, for approximately $5 or, or less for each of those. Again, a lot of army builders, stormtroopers and clone troopers there. Uh, some that are just going to be used as custom fodder. We'll turn them into something else. Bought about eight of four of the micro galaxy and about four of the action fleet, which we're kind of, you know, using those interchangeably at that scale. And I bought as far as like a large item an ATTE from the clone wars Hasbro three and three quarter inch scale. That's one of the larger items I think Hasbro has produced. Correct. Yeah, that's right. And I got a couple of, uh, classified GI Joe six inch just because those were ten bucks as well, which is again that half price. That's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking to find stuff that was half price or less that I could buy, you know, either army building or for custom fodder, and and it's exactly what I found. I was pleased with what I ended up with. I'll, I'll just say that uh, David walked out of there on Friday night looking like he w- he just went school clothes shopping. He had so many bags. <laughs> Absolutely. We filled the, filled up the trunk. Oh, I wanted to, to go back to your previous questions. It's, it's uh, one I've thought about and been asked about by others. Uh, how does the Xenia Toy Show, both in the fall of 2022 and the fall of 2023, how does it compare to other shows? And I would tell your listeners that compared to the Cincinnati Toy Show, it's much bigger. And there's a m- much more of a focus on modern uh, toy lines uh, things that are other than Star Wars. Compared to the King County Toy Show, also known as Chicago Toy Show, uh, I would respectfully disagree a little bit with my buddy Joel. And I, I've been thinking about this. So I've, I've been looking at, I took some photos, and 
I think Kane is about 20% bigger and about 20% denser. Let me tell you why. So both venues have seven buildings. But within the space in those buildings, uh, Xenia has three large buildings and four smaller buildings. At the Kane County Toy Show in St. Charles, Illinois, they have two mega buildings, two large buildings, and then three small barns, really. And when I was thinking about that, the three large buildings at Xenia are equivalent to the trades north and the trades south, that these sort of medium-sized buildings over at Kane. So if you, if you think about it, you, you could it's at least 20% more floor space. And I know the tables are really squeezed in tight at Kane. And so I'm going to have to give the edge to Kane County by about 20%. And I would also say that the amount of toys that are stacked on shelves is very dense. And so the Xena show is excellent. But I really do think Kane has about 20% more indoor space and it's about 20% denser. So I'm going to have to give the edge to that. Yeah, David is the Kane expert, so I'll retract my statement. He's probably right. <laughs> I think that's a safe bet. That's good. No, I, I think, Joel, I think your impression is a good one because you've been there three times and you've been to Kane how many? At least once. Just, just once. And so uh, some of our listeners, you know, maybe this the first time they go to it, uh, Joel's insight's a good one that when you get to Xenia, you say, wow, this is big. And if you go to Kane, you say, wow, this is big too. And they, they really do. On first glance, they seem about the same. But after you've gone a couple of times to each and you have to take some photos and think about it, then you can get into some more of the nuances like I've done and say, okay, yeah, I think if you look at it analytically, Kane does edge out Xenia, but they're both close. Yeah. I'll also add, um, um, if uh, Chicago and Kane's a little too far of a drive for you, especially probably like you, David, and people on the East Coast don't want to drive that far. Um, Xenia is a is a great substitute for that. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I, really, my goal for uh, this coming year is to attend both of them, both Kane County and Xenia. Um, do you feel of the shows that you've been to over the the last you know few years, or or David in your case decades? Um, do you feel like? The established Kane County and now this newer Xenia show, are they the new standard um, of, of what a toy show is? Are they are they the model um, that um, to which maybe there there's no competition? Short answer, yes. And it's because of what we mentioned earlier about Power Rangers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're drawing from many different demographics, age ranges, different collecting types, you know, vintage, modern, pop culture, you know, like Joel said with the the monster stuff. Xenia and King County seem to have it all. I mean, heck, they even have a table with the tin toys. Whereas some of the other shows that I've been to, like, you know, maybe Cincinnati or in in Chicago, we've got one on the south side of Chicago called the uh, Bridgeview Toy Con. It's, it's just mostly just Star Wars there. So if you want to get that diversity, you, you want to go to a place where whoever, let's say you're going with a, a group of five people 
and one collector is interested in Pokemon cards and the other one's interested in Barbie dolls. And another one, you know, there was a table at Xenia of just My Little Pony. It must have been a thousand of them. So my point is diversity. And I think that makes sense. And when you have a larger show like this, you know, when you're talking six, seven hundred tables, you're able to really diversify through your vendors and what they're bringing as well, too. And as you said, with something like Kane County, if if the tables and the items on the tables are more densely packed, then you have even that many more items from, you know, as you said, whether it's Halloween items or things from the 40s, 50s, 60s, or even like the, the newer toys that came out and are on shelves at Target right now. You know, I'll add something to this. You know, as a, a toy hunter, a toy collector, and a buyer, there are a lot of ways you can find toys. You can go to estate sales. You can go garage sailing. You can go to flea markets. I mean, you know, Chicago's got some really big flea markets. You can go to you know smaller toy shows. But if you're if you want to go to a show and and walk away with something that is either an opportunity that you didn't expect or something that's on your list, like I need these seven things, it kind of seems like Xenia and King County are the two shows you will go to and not walk away disappointed. You, you will find something if you're looking to buy it. And I think there's a satisfaction in that. You, you might not, you'll get a great deal. I, I bought the modern Hasbro because that was a great bargain. I, I did not buy any vintage Star Wars because you know, there, there weren't any, any super values, in my opinion, for what I was looking for. But I knew I was going to walk away with something, and I was right. So it, it seems like the, with the economy of scale, like, Bigger is better. You know, there, there's a lot to choose from. There's vintage Star Wars, modern Star Wars. There's G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man. Whatever you're looking for, they're probably going to have it. And it's just going to be a question of, do you want to pay that price or not? But it'll probably be there. I appreciate the perspectives that you're sharing, both of you are sharing with us. Um, because I, I think, you know, first of all, you, neither of you are affiliated with um, with this toy show or with any of the toy shows. Um, so it, you know, you're a collector like us and you're looking at it through the lens of a collector. Um, and I think that helps because there are so many shows out there that it is hard, you know, especially if you have a limited schedule, it's very hard to, to figure out which shows to go to in a given season or a given year. Um, and with that too, you guys are also very truthful. So Joel, I want to ask you this, um, if you could change one aspect of the Xenia show to improve the experience, what would you do differently? Um, I don't know if there's anything with the show in particular, but what I would like to see is Xenia become almost more like Cincinnati, more like an event show where more people come and just hang out and, and make a weekend out of it. Um, that, I think that would be cool. Um, but I know with the two shows being so close, that's kind of tough. And Cincinnati is in Cincinnati and Xenia is in Xenia. And uh, that makes it tough. Um, Xenia is a very nice town, but it's a very small town. Um, so it, that just makes it hard um, for people to actually stay there. I think we stayed in Dayton, which you know it's only, it was only about a 20-minute drive. It wasn't bad. But um, but that's what I would love to see is become more like an event show like Cincinnati is. 
I agree with you. And I, I think one of the main draws for Cincinnati, really actually two of the main draws, is that you have that aspect where, you know, you're visiting people's homes. Um, collectors are coming in from all over, you know, sometimes from from out of the country. And, you know, we're all getting together in one spot and we're all hanging out for a weekend. And then a lot of times, too, um, an event weekend like that also brings upon it um a room sales event, you know, where you'll have people bringing in special items to sell or trade that you might not see at a show or maybe wouldn't see in, you know, in, in a more public setting, right? And, and in this private gathering um, that's open to collectors, there are higher end items or very rare items that that wouldn't normally make their way out. And that, that um, tends to draw a lot of collectors to an event weekend like that. So yeah, if we could have that for uh, I would even say for Columbus and for Xenia, I think that would really help and would draw more people in for the weekends. It, yeah, I think the hardest part is just location on both of those. David, do you is there something that you would improve in the Xenia experience? Yeah, I think I would echo what Joel said. If uh, some of our buddies were able to come out and have some pizza and beer with us the night before, it would have made it an even richer experience. And I think what's interesting is the reason why they didn't come is because they're being pulled between three toy shows in October. You've got Xenia, you've got Kane County, and you've got the Cincinnati show. I think there may have even been like a fourth one, Toy Toy Ohio or something. Toy Ohio is this weekend. Yeah. So I think for them, you know, budget-wise and and getting time off of work-wise – they had to make some difficult choices. You know, do, do you go to Xenia and skip Cincinnati? Or? So here's my recommendation for the uh, promoters of the shows. Go back to the fall of 2022 and have one of them on Saturday and the other one on Sunday, and you might kill two birds with one stone. You get, you get all the people to come for a big weekend. I think that's a great idea. I'm still upset that I missed that one because I would have loved to have been to the Cincinnati Toy Show and the Xenia Show in the in the same weekend. Um, but I am hoping that at some point we we do get that. Um, so you guys had, had talked before about how you had uh, tried and sampled some of the different pizzas in the region, and I think that's really special. And it's it's something that takes place outside of the toy show experience itself. What was your favorite non toy show moment? Well, that's easy. Uh, sitting, sitting with uh, my buddy Joel and having Robert on the speakerphone, uh, eating pizza and drinking beer and making our plans for what we might find the next day at the show. That was the highlight. That's going to be hard to beat, Joel. Uh, well, besides just hanging out, and this is going to sound funny, but it's not a joke, is just watching David operate at a show was really cool. I mean, the guy's been doing this for 25 years. He knows what he's doing. And, I mean, even though I'm, I'm no rookie, I, I've, I started collecting in the 90s but took a 10-year break and have been back doing it about seven or eight years. Um, but just to watch him operate was, was kind of cool. It's like watching, watching the master uh, work. <laughs> and David <laughs> certainly is a master. That's, that's why we call him Sir James of the two-pack, right? <laughs> you know, some of my buddies in, in Chicago, you know, when I'm at the King County Toy Show, they would say this, there, there's this look on, on in your eyes, like when you're shopping, like you, you're like a laser. And we, we say that this is Jimmy time because he's in the zone and he's just finding the deals. 
<laughs> and and asking people, do you do you have any Star Wars for sale that's not on the table? You know, my advice to your listeners. <laughs> and they said, yeah, he he finds the stuff, he sniffs it out, and so it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a rush, and it's cool when you find something. It's it's amazing, yeah. Especially for collectors, it's it's a feeling like no other when you have that big score. Um, well, actually, that's a very good segue, Joel, into to my uh, one of my final questions here for you. Um, I wanted to ask this for you, and I, I think this is really important, especially when we get together with friends like this. Um, so, um, Joel, what's something that you admire in David? Uh, he's a great storyteller, as probably a lot of people can tell. <laughs> um, that's what I always liked about him. He just he tells great stories, and I like his dry sense of humor. It's 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 just like the best. Um, it almost sounds like he's not trying to be funny, but a lot of things he says is really funny. It just cracks me up. Okay, the correct answer was that he has no redeemable qualities whatsoever. But <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go with that. That's fine. <laughs> no, that's actually a, it's actually really nice. And and David, you are a, a gifted storyteller. I know. Anytime we talk, whether it's on the phone or in person, um, I always feel like I you know. As you're explaining stuff to me, I'm, I'm walking right there with you um, and taking part in these wonderful moments that you have and, and moments in your life. Um, Lots of practice as a history professor telling oh sure telling stories to the undergrads. So, David, what would be a quality that you admire in Joel? The thing about Joel is that he is like a such a solid and trustworthy friend. If I'm in the zone moving around, dodging people to try to find something, and I trip and fall and get knocked unconscious, I know Joel's going to pick me up and take me to the ER. <laughs> this this guy is such a reliable and trustworthy friend. He's totally got my back. And I just I just love hanging out with him. And um, you know, I, I love kind of his yin to my yang is he's kind of got that patience to like slow down at one of the tables and say, hey, have you looked at this bin like underneath? You know, I was talking to this guy about his story and he said, Oh, I have, and I'm like, Oh, I almost missed that. So I was going to rush off to the next table. So it's like, you know, it, it's like the yin to the yang. So we, we both complement each other. That's, it's such a beautiful thing. It's one of the, the biggest joys that we have where we go from collecting almost in isolation, you know, and to, to becoming a part of a community, meeting friends, and then going on these adventures. I'm so thankful that you guys were able to do this. Um, are you considering attending Xenia in the spring? It's always a possibility. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's not a hard show for me to do, um, only being three hours away. Um, so right now I'm, I'm kind of planning on it. I'm trying to, going to try to do it. Um, if, if definitely if David or any other of our zoom chat friends come, I mean, I'd always try to do everything I can to be there. And David, and I'm seriously thinking about it myself. I'm going to have to find out. Uh, so what month is it? Do you, you guys know? It's, um, I think it's on March 30th. They they put out the date on Saturday. So I think okay. it's, yeah. yeah. As long as it doesn't uh, end up on the same weekend as Kane County. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would seriously consider being there. Okay. Well, as we wrap up, uh, I'm hoping that, um, that I'll, I'll see both of you there as well too, for my first time. Um, but as we wrap up, um, if you had to pitch this 
to pitch the Xenia show to our friends and to get more people to come along and maybe, you know, join in the Airbnb and, and the whole experience of the weekend. Um, what would you say to them? I would say you will just have a great time and you will laugh more than you've ever laughed because that's what we do. It's just, um, and you know, this is nothing planned. It's just what has been made without any planning. Um, but we just, just a bunch of us, we just love getting together. We love, um, hanging out and it just, it literally becomes a party <laughs> after Kane. Um, but yeah, we just, we just have a blast together and it's just, it's all love and we just really have fun together. So if your listeners come to the Xenia toy show, they will find good food, good beer, and great toys they will probably leave with something you know you won't get skunked at this show but most importantly you'll leave with some great stories and some enhanced friendships that's a guarantee and as a collector you couldn't ask for more right i mean that that's what makes these toy trips so special um david and joel thank you guys so much for taking time out today to really give us a, a fuller perspective of what the Xenia Toy Show weekend was like for the fall of 2023. Um, I really appreciate it, and uh, I think you guys are wonderful, and I look forward to joining you for future adventures. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you, David. 